Welcome, you're listening to A Little Podcasting with Fiona Gopin, Principal Consultant from Little Things Consulting in Launceston, Tasmania. Fiona also has with her her Black Rescue Cat Annie. Welcome to A Little Podcasting with Fiona and Annie. Ciao, I'm Fiona and I don't actually have my cat Annie with me today. She's very hot so she's out lying somewhere cool in the lounge room so she won't be joining me. So today you're listening to episode three. I think there's a psychopath sitting next to me. I recently listened to a fantastic audiobook called The Wisdom of Psychopaths. Lessons in Life from Saints, Spies and Serial Killers by Kevin Dutton. And I loved it so much that I actually went out and brought the actual book because I wanted to see it in writing. I really loved some of the insights that Dutton had in terms of psychopaths because he not only touched on those very extreme psychopaths, many of whom are in prison for horrid crimes, but he also talks about those psychopaths that function in the day-to-day life and society that we live in. You find that he highlights the, you know, the positive and negative traits of being a psychopath and interviews a range of successful and unsuccessful psychopaths. Uh, unsuccessful, I mean those that end up in prison, um, in the writing of his book. And it's really definitely worth a read if you enjoy this topic. So psychopath has always been one of my favourite topics and I always love those true crime stories not for the gore, but for the psychology behind what motivates people to commit horrendous acts without remorse. As a as a species, you know, human beings can think and process their own behavior, which for many of us results in sleepless nights after saying something stupid at work the day before. But for a psychopath, a, a killer or a cr- criminal you know or or even just a mild psychopath how people can convince themselves of horrendous acts and that they've done it for the right reason this topic fascinates me because in essence you know a psychopath is someone that can convince themselves that their behavior was reasonable and necessary but I really don't want to cover that extreme end I want to talk about those people that use their lack of care for others and the ability to justify their bad behavior to climb the corporate ladder and to get what they want in life through lying and manipulation of others and destroying anyone in their path like a bulldozer. Many of us would have experienced these kind of people at work. They're those people that don't appear to care about anyone but themselves, but at times seem quite caring. And this can be very confusing for someone who doesn't have those tendencies. They're like, oh, but maybe they are a nice person. You know, Dutton explains this topic so well. And what I want to cover are some of the key points that opened my eyes to how I have been the victim of multiple psychopaths who have slapped me out of the way to get what they want, both in my private life, but also in my um, career and how they've lied and deceived and justified their behavior. So I'm going to cover a few key points from which I've gained from this book, things that highlight someone as a psychopath. So the first one is that they're very power hungry. They need to be in control. They need to know exactly what's going on at all times. And mainly because information is power. If you know what the, where the pieces are on the board, then you know how to easily manipulate a situation. If you're missing a piece of the puzzle, it's harder to manipulate the situation. So they, they like power, but they also like that power of having that information so that they can use that against others. 
And they'll bulldoze anyone who gets in their way. You, you know, you often find organisations where there are strong psychopaths, they have high levels of staff turnover or resignations. And it may not always be obvious what is causing this issue as they often um, are puppeteering someone else to avoid the responsibility, you know, whispering in the ear of a higher manager so that they can do the work of getting rid of these people, um, you know, planting that seed. Which leads me to the next point, and that is they're good manipulators. So they can, yes, you know, whisper in the ear of the right person to convince them of something to get their own way. They know which buttons to push to get what they want out of a situation. They are the masters at pulling the heartstrings and convincing others that they are not, not only can they do the job, but they deserve it. And they truly believe that. So by being seeming like they care is a way of stepping out of their boundaries, but seeming like a good person. So it might be, oh, look, you're having a rough time. Um, look, I'm really sorry to hear that. You know, your family's not well or your mum's not well. Look, how about I take on this this job for you? How about I do this for you? You know, you take a break, you leave early, you know, you take a long lunch. So those kind of, that kind of terminology and you think, oh my God, this person, oh, that's so nice of them. How caring, aren't, isn't that fantastic? When really what they're doing is they're manipulating you and manipulating the situation to their advantage because they puts them in a position of power over you and they've used that information that you've given them that personal information against you and they are the masters of persuasion you know I liken it to the Pied Piper who who played his little flute and convinced all the rats to plummet into the the lake and drown and psychopaths are much the same way they convince that this is for your well-being but really it's to convince you to act unethically in many ways, you know, to go home early. Yeah, is that okay? No, it's probably not. Um, given that, that, especially if they're not your manager, and usually psychopaths don't bother to manipulate those people below them unless it's to their advantage. So the third characteristic that I want to highlight is the fact that they're quite delusional and I think Dutton refers to this as sort of that unshakable confidence but I actually call it delusional because I think in many ways they are quite delusional that level of confidence that they have is false and it's not like they're lying to people they truly believe that they are better than others that they think they are they think more highly of themselves and they convince their allies how wonderful they are to get what they want you know they fail to see how their behavior affects others and they have an excuse for everything palming off the responsibility to the nearest victim i don't actually think that they're that confident i think it's a way of hiding a lack of confidence and if anybody challenges them on their self-belief and their thinking of whether they can do a certain role or a certain job they're suddenly seen as someone who is jealous or as a bully which brings me to my next point which a characteristic i've called the charming savior so being quite charming and also being a, a savior are two things that are highlighted by dutton as key components of a psychopath I've combined them because I think that they kind of fit together. You know, it's common for psychopaths to befriend the person whose position they want and to convince them that they're beaten before they start. So, oh, are you sure you can do that? Are you sure you're making the right decision? And they really start to wear them down. It's kind of the opposite of them having this, you know, unshakable self-confidence. They identify the weaknesses of an individual 
and they start to wear them down and convince them they actually can't do the job they're doing. And by breaking their self-confidence, they can then one day step in, save the day and take over this person's job. And I know that sounds quite ruthless, but I've seen it happen and I've seen it happen on multiple occasions. I've seen situations where a psychopath has continued to assist someone in a higher role, a role that they potentially want to ensure that they learn the work of their victim. They learn the work of the position that they want so that when this, when they've finally worn this person down, they can then step in. Um, and take over their position and essentially save the day and often you know I've also seen processes where and worked with organizations where recruitment has even been delayed so this person because they hold all the cards can continue to hold on to that role and to gain experience in that role so that they almost have a claim to it Um, it's almost like squatters rights you know they've been there long enough they've already fulfilled the position and therefore they should be entitled to it and because they are so manipulative, they can potentially convince someone of they can get what they want simply by opening their mouth. So the earlier points are very much about how to gain power, manipulate. Um, it's a bit of a sleight of hand. Whereas this next point, poor behavior control, seems out of place with the others. But if you think about it in context, if you have poor behavior control, You use those other characteristics such as manipulation and the charming saviour and just that position of power to delude people into thinking that your behaviour isn't actually poor. So often um, psychopaths, they they do struggle to regulate their behaviour and they regularly say and do things to others in in an office or a business situation that are quite cringeworthy. And in many other situations would be considered bullying or even sexual harassment, but because they're so confident and they're such great manipulators, they can talk their way out of any behavior with their silver tongue. And if they feel trapped, they'll ensure that they will not go down alone or not without a fight, that's for sure. And in terms of their behavior, they can often be unpredictable as well. So I think that level of switching and changing is part of them keeping people on their toes and continuing to be able to manipulate a situation. They're always doing the unexpected. And I think what they also do is they lure people into that bad behavior. So, for example, by behaving badly, say as, you know, I'm just going to take some post-it notes home. Why don't you take some home as well? So luring others into their behavior and convincing others that it's okay to do that. If they then get caught, they take others down with them. But it also means that that person has to become an ally. Otherwise, they're going to be in trouble as well. And this is real common um, with psychopaths. And last but not least is winning at all costs. This is, I think, the key to all this other behavior. They are seeking to win. They are seeking to be rewarded for their relentless behavior and they will do whatever it takes. And they don't care who they step on to get there. And they don't bother with things like long-term goals because things switch and change so quickly that they're hoping that things will be even better. So what's the point of planning for 12 months time? Because they don't know what's going to happen then. They're not going to know how quickly they can manipulate and press those buttons to get what they want. So it's all about short-term gains for long-term goals. It's about ruthlessness. It's about being charming, but manipulating other people. And when none of these things work, you often find that psychopaths turn to conflict Because this is how they assert their dominance. 
And when they run out of options, they go for playing the victim in a situation where they're actually the perpetrator. But they find that by playing the victim, they've been so good at manipulating others, they can potentially push out that person they've been trying to get rid of. Because if they've manipulated everybody around them, people become confused about what's right and what's wrong and what's real and what's not. So Dutton had some, yeah, some fantastic points and it is really quite a humorous read or and, and a great listen as an audiobook. Please, you know, pick up a copy. It's, yeah, definitely worth the read. The Wisdom of Psychopaths. Before I finish up, I wanted to talk about an article that I found on executive psychopaths. And there is quite a bit of work out there around corporate and executive psychopaths. Um, I'd certainly love to see a lot more work done in the area of, you know, human services and psychopaths in the human services sector. And, you know, keep stay posted, but that might be my next research project. So this is called Executive Psychopaths, and it's by um, Gardner Morse. And it was written back in October 2004. And it was in Forbes magazine, I believe. Morse talks about psychopaths being chameleons. And being extremely hard to spot, you know, they act utterly charming, yet they wreak havoc in the companies that that they inhabit. You know, many psychopaths, according to Morse, they're defining characteristics. They're polished, they're charming, they're cool, decisiveness, and their fondness for the fast lane are often mistaken for leadership qualities. And that's why you often find psychopaths in leadership positions, because it's those characteristics of a psychopath that are disguised as leadership qualities. But Morse defines a psychopath as cunning, manipulative, untrustworthy, unethical, parasitic, and utterly remorseless, which I think are fantastic words to explain a psychopath. You know, there's nothing they won't do or no one they won't exploit to get what they want. I'm going to read you a quote now from this article, which I quite liked. A psychopathic manager, with his eyes on a colleague's job, for instance, will doctor financial results, plant rumours, turn co-workers against each other and shift his persona as needed to destroy his target. He'll do it and his bosses will never know. I really quite like that because that just highlights how dangerous these people can be in organisations. One of the reasons I wanted to share this article was it does also talk about what can we do if we do have psychopaths in our organisations? How can we combat this issue? Robert Hare from the University of British Columbia, a psychologist, um, has developed a psychopathic checklist called the PCL-R, and it's used worldwide to screen psychopaths' personalities and has been used more recently to expose psychopaths in workplaces. You know, this test allows organisations to ensure they don't promote the psychopath who can be put in a position where they can bully others. Um, because they can often appear as the best candidate. So the article suggests three things that organisations can do. And firstly, that is to ensure that workers have the best possible support they can have and they're able to actually express their concerns about their colleague. Because what is often found is that it's the workers and the staff and the employees that spot the psychopath before any manager does because they, they take their masks off around employees, yet they have them on around management because they don't need to promote themselves to staff because that's not going to get them what they want. So it's important to listen to your employees if they have concerns about other staff members. 
Secondly, the article says it's important to really cross-check your impressions of high potential candidates for leadership positions or for any position in an organisation because the psychopath will always tell you what you want to hear and they, they interview well, they have good resumes, you know, they have good cover letters, that kind of thing. So often they're the people that you pull out as going, oh, okay, this person looks really good for a job. So it's important to really cross-check whether they are the best person or whether they are really just telling you what you want to hear. And finally, it's important to be self-aware to avoid being vulnerable to a psychopath. It's important to understand what are your strengths and weaknesses and how can you safeguard yourself from a psychopath targeting your weaknesses and manipulating them and exploiting them against you to damage your reputation or your role. And I think that one is really key as well. So that's the article on executive psychopaths by Morse. I'd like to finish up now, but however, I would like to just say that, you know, I do believe that people can be good and sometimes they do choose to be bad because they are they are mentally unwell or because they've been dealt a, a really shitty deck of cards. However, you know, I like to think that people still are able to recover and people do have choices to treat each other with respect. And as human beings, we need to treat each other with a level of respect. As an organization, the best thing you can do is have a good vetting process to ensure that workplace culture and employee well-being isn't irreparably damaged by someone with such characteristics that I've highlighted today. You know, the well-being of your employees needs to be first and foremost. If you lose good employees, you in essence lose the heart of your organization. So as an organization, you need to be self-aware and you need to always have your eyes open to those people that appear to be doing the right thing, but are not. You need to listen to your employees and you need to make decisions that ensure and protect your organization and the well-being of your employees. I hope you enjoyed my podcast today. It was an interesting topic. You'll probably be hearing more from me about psychopaths because it's an area, like I said, I love. So I might be doing a lot more and I'm hoping to do some research in this area very shortly. But thank you so much for listening. If you did want to know more about me or Little Things Consulting, please feel free to go to my website at www.littlethingsconsulting.com.au. All the links are there for my social media. Follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Tumblr, YouTube. This podcast is on Apple Podcasts, Podbean and Spotify. If you have any questions or comments, I'm really pleased to hear from anyone who wants to leave a comment or recommend a future topic, which you can do via my website or via Facebook. But until next time, arrivederci and I look forward to listening to my next podcast. Thanks for joining me.